When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Celebrating 100 years of service, I'm Christian Blood. 55 and right now, here's Jack Riccardi. Jack? Christian, good afternoon. i got to ask you a question, and I promise I'm not going to drag you into an opinion thing. I'm just curious. Did you, did you watch the Uvalde video? I have seen, I would say, about 90% of it. It is long. Yeah, it's a lot to watch. Yeah. Um, so the only thing I would tell people is don't watch it right before bedtime because that's the mistake I made last night. Um, but we're going to talk about that today. And, um, I, you know, for starters, uh, if you haven't watched it, um, I, I, I recommend it. Um, I recommend it with reservations. And the reservations are not going to be what you think. Uh, I think a lot of people are afraid that it's graphic in terms of gore. Uh, but it's been very sanitized in that way. It's graphic in in other ways. Um, but I got to tell you, uh, between last night and I watched it twice, and today, um, I and this is just I'm being honest. I, I've had to pray about this because I'm so angry that I feel like I could say things I would regret. I would say things that might be unfair. Um, yesterday we talked about whether the public should see the surveillance video because there were plans to roll it out. There were debates about rolling it out, and then it came out. It was leaked to an Austin television station and the Austin American Statesman. The new question I have today is not should the public see it, but should the dudes on the tape be made to watch themselves? I think they need to see it. I think they need to watch the video. You can watch it or not, but every guy on that video needs to watch that video. A lot of people have commented on the guy that uses hand sanitizer, whoever he is. I, I, I can't wait for somebody to explain to me from their law enforcement experience why that matters, why that makes any sense at all that you would use hand sanitizer in that moment. I can't even... But, I mean, that's just indicative of or symbolic of the, the, the futility of the whole video. I, I mean, first you see the guy outside, the, the, the killer, and can we just all agree that if you look like Jokar Zarnaev and you're running toward a school with a long gun, uh, you need to be taken out. There's never a good reason for that. So that's, you know, if you run toward a school with a long gun, we don't need to clear that with the the higher-ups. But he gets into the school, and there's no way it should be as easy as it is. And you see how easy it is on the video. It should not be easy. It should not be easy in the year 2022. It should not be easy in this state. It should not be easy to kill children in Texas. He comes through that schoolhouse door like it's a convenience store. Are you a parent? Have you ever tried to go to your kid's school with, with like, 
something they forgot or donating to the clothing drive or whatever, you get interrogated like you're crossing the, the, the into the, you know, East Berlin. And he just walks in. There's nobody there. He leisurely makes his way through a hallway decorated with the kids' artwork, and it's surreal. It's like watching the devil walk around. The cops arrive quickly, but that's about all you can say for them. There's a lot of standing around. There's a lot of hand gesturing. Everybody's in charge and nobody's in charge. Fist bumps, pats on the back, guys fidgeting with their gear, repositioning themselves. It's a wonder they didn't shoot each other. And you may think that what makes the video graphic is the suffering and the death of little kids. They've edited that out, and, and in a way that's chilling in its own respect because its absence is noticeable. And, and I don't know how else to say that, but you'll, you'll see what I mean if you watch it or if you have watched it. And it's at KTSA.com. It's right on, the, right on the home page. I think now we know why the corrupt local officials didn't want this stuff to come out. Because there is no justifying it. There's no coming back from it. I realize there are people who are mad at the Austin television station for releasing it or whoever leaked it to them. I can tell you this. Whoever leaked it probably had good reasons. And the Austin television station had to run it. And I think ran it respectfully. But you really need to be mad at the people who are responsible for the safety and well-being of children, not a television station. And we have to um, not rationalize this. I'm a, I'm a big believer in reason. I believe in reason over emotion. That's why I prayed, because I don't want to come across as a hothead. But let's not be too reasonable about this. Hand sanitizer? It, the whole thing uh, is damning. And it brings home the timeline in a way that reading about it or having somebody describe it to you uh, cannot do. And you will be watching a video where n for most of the video, nothing is happening and nothing is being done. There was a lot of fancy talk about tactics, but there's no, there, there are no tactics here. Just waiting around. And our news director, Dennis Foley, was, was, uh, we were emailing back and forth about this, and he made an interesting observation. And I, and I think this is fair to say, and I want to I repeat it, but I want to give him credit. It was his thought. He said, well, you know, the first responders apparently decided it was a hostage situation or a barricade situation and acted thusly and then as other agencies are rolling up and arriving perhaps they just assume that's what it is because that's what the guys that beat them there are doing so i will give them that 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 if you arrived later on and there's this this sort of waiting it out maybe you thought that was a decision that had been made it was based on information you didn't have other people knew more because they'd been there longer but it's just the video is damning and they need to make the guys on it watch it 
I think. 210-599-5555. But we're going to talk about that. I want to hear from you. There's another piece of video today that's incredible. It's um, Bill Malusian from Fox News is down on the border. And they captured one of the biggest groups they've ever seen. Now, Bill Malusian's been on the border for like a year or two. He says, this is one of the biggest groups we've ever seen. We can't even count. We can't even see hundreds upon hundreds of illegal immigrants coming across the border. That is getting worse. And I know breakfast tacos, but this is the real deal. And whatever side of this you're on, elections matter. And this administration is despicable because even if you believe that that we should open up our country, these people are in jeopardy. These are people in danger. It's inhumane that they think they can get in. And it is obscene what has happened to due process and to the law and to citizenship. And if it was the only thing the Biden administration had mishandled, it would be enough to warrant his being thrown out of office and Kamala too, and certainly not reelected. And the idea that he's even entertaining running for re-election, shame on him. Shame on him that he even thinks there's a, there's a case to be made for his re-election. That's what I think about that. And then we got the inflation numbers today. I'm full of good news. And they were worse than people expected, said the experts. But they weren't worse than you and I expected. We're living with this, right? I mean, be honest. It's not like when they release the number, the CPI, you're like, oh, I didn't realize it was that bad. I mean... We don't need the CPI. We're buying stuff. We're trying to pay for stuff. We're watching our income evaporate before we can spend it. And the average American has taken a $3,400 hit just in income. In other words, has lost ground just on that alone. And remember when they were telling us it was transitory and it would be brief and it was temporary and then they had a whole list of people they blamed. And these are the people in charge, you know. The people that got this wrong are the same people advising Biden about everything else. Say what you want. Say what you want about Trump and what's come out about Trump and everything else. And and you can you can tell me all day long he used bad judgment and he sent mean tweets and January 6th he he made some mistakes. This entire thing is a mistake. This, this entire administration, it's it's everything it touches is is destructive. It's real people's lives. It's it's not a number. Inflation's not a number. It's a struggle. So anyway, we're going to talk about all of that. We have a JR poll you're going to vote in. We're going to talk about this video. If you've watched it, uh, I want to know what you think, what your thoughts are, what you what jumped out at you, 210-599-5555. And all the breaking news right here on 550 and 1071 KTSA. The Jack Riccardi Show. 
Hey, this is your Uncle Sean, celebrating 100 years of service on News Talk 550, ATSA, and FM 1071. If you've watched it, I uh, want to know your reaction to the Uvalde school surveillance video, and you can see it at KTSA.com. And 210-599-5555, Mary is on the radio. Mary, good afternoon. Hey, Jack. Uh, I'm not talking about the reaction to the police, but the one thing that really has not been pointed out from the first 911 call when the shooter shot at the funeral home man until the shooter got into the building, that takes a lot of those 77 minutes away. But he had done the mass carnage over 100 rounds within five minutes of being on campus and entering that building before the police even had time to get on the campus, any police. But they're not pointing that out. I believe I've heard that they he shot maybe, I don't know how many other shots, but the major carnage was done right after the first 911 call, and they don't point that out, and that puts the police spending about 50 minutes, not 77 minutes, in that hallway. What is the significance of the number of minutes? Well, they say it was 77 minutes from when the Okay, so if they had stood around for 50 minutes, would that be any better? No, I'm not... I don't really have anything to say about the police, but they're not pointing out that the major carnage was done before policemen even got on campus. Well, let, let's be clear that the, the, the person most responsible for this is the, is the shooter. I'm not going to say his name. He's a bastard. He's a devil. We don't need to say his name. He's not going to trial. He's, he's over. But he's responsible. And um, I, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with, with that. I know we need to not gloss over that. Um, and... Yes, after the fact, it may be clear that the the first responders respond after many, perhaps not all, of the victims have been shot. That does not, for me, Mary, maybe it works for you, but for me that does not satisfy or soothe the fact that for however many minutes, 50, 60, 70, 80, uh, they're standing around, they're fidgeting, they're repositioning themselves. There's way too many of them in a very confined space. If he had come out, if he had popped out of that room, uh, they would have shot each other. They're on top of each other. That cannot be right. And we've heard from, in fact, experts that it's not. It's very bad form. But they don't know what you're saying. At the time, they don't know that it's "quote unquote" too late. They they can't know that, and I don't understand. I I, I don't, I, you know, I've had people say, "Well, you, you you need to be a law enforcement. You need to have been this. You need to have been that." I'm a father. I'm a human being. What the hell are, are you supposed to do? Break the if that if if the rule is stand around, break the rule. You'll be barraged with job offers. Break the rule. 
But it, I, I don't even think it is the rule. I mean, we've had too many people on who've said, no, this is, this is a textbook of what not to do. But the video is infuriating. The video will make it worse than you, you thought it could be. I did not think I could be more disappointed. It, it's an obscenity. And it's graphic in how obvious it is. They just aren't going. They just aren't, aren't going forward. They're going backwards. They're standing around. They're putting on hand sanitizer. They don't know if the kids are still alive or not. They don't know if it's too late or not. If there's one kid still alive, I know that's a cliche, but I mean, come on. You're a human being. You're a father. And that's why I say, if nothing else, and I'm not in charge and I have no control over what happens here, I would. I wish every one of these guys on this video were made to watch it all the way through. No fast-forwarding. Maybe made to watch it with the families. You need to see how this looks. 210-599-5555. Kenny is on KTSA. Kenny, good afternoon. Hey, Jack. Yeah, so uh, my biggest problem with that is uh, the whole time I'm watching it, I'm yelling, go, 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 go. What are you doing? Why are you just why don't you, I mean, how many kids could they have have have, have how, how many kids could could they have saved from bleeding out? I mean, a lot of them kids could have probably been saved. I mean, if they'd have got in there and got uh, and killed that guy and got the the ambulances in there and and rushed them to the hospital, they could have maybe saved some of those kids, but. If you get shot and you wait over an hour, you're nobody putting pressure. You're going to just bleed out. They just, they, you know, if, if they, I guarantee if they would have got out of the way, the parents would have went in there and got them kids out. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. every one of those men, and every one, and I'm, I'm for law enforcement, but watching that, every one of them on the video need to be fired. They need to be fired. And I, I just. Yeah, no, I was the same I, way when I was watching it. I was yelling at the. At the computer, uh, it's it, you want to crawl through. You want to crawl through the screen, uh, Kenny. Thank you, I appreciate it. Brian is on KTSa Jack Riccardi show. Hi, Brian. Hey, uh, yeah, I just wanted to say that uh, I work for the government. Been working for the government all my life, and uh, you learn that uh, you can't do anything without upper management saying, telling you what to do. Because if you make a decision and it's the wrong decision, they're going to get on you. So you, after you've been there a few years, you say, hey, well, I can't even use my brain anymore because now I'll get in trouble and I want to keep my job. Yeah, you know what? That's a bunch of bullshit because, and I'm going to hang up on you because you're full of it. Listen, every other school shooting, every other mass shooting is different. This is not like any that we've seen. So don't come at me with that crap because I don't want to hear it, okay? That is not true. It is not true that every law enforcement officer, every soldier, every first responder is a mindless moron who can only take instruction from management. I I grant you there may be people who fit that description. I'm sure there are. Pardon my language, but I'm sure there are. But but no, that, that doesn't make any sense. We've just come through. We've just come through, sadly, a series of mass shootings, every one of which was responded to more robustly, more um, proactively, 
than Uvalde. No, it's 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 an outlier, and and you ha- it makes you wonder why. I, I I was yelling at the screen. I was asking out loud, aren't any of these guys dads? Because you know how it is when you're a dad. I mean, you don't you do all kinds of things when you're a dad that are not according to Hoyle, but it it's just it, it's it's deep inside you. You, you're protective of other people's kids. And I'm sure moms feel this way, too. I'm not leaving you out, Mom. But th- this was a hallway full of guys. But, I mean, you, 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 you're protective of even other people's kids. You, you grab other people's kids before they step off the curb into traffic. It's, it's a thing with parents. It happens to you. It was curiously missing for 77 minutes. So Forgive my language, but I'm not buying that if you work for the government, we can't expect more than this from you. I expect way more than this from you. Or you shouldn't be doing this kind of work. 210-599-5555. All right, if you've seen it, if you haven't, it's at KTSA.com. I, I'm not saying you have to watch it. If you do see it, I, I would be curious to know your take, unless it's a garbage take. <laughs> but we'll talk about that after we update KTSA Time Saver Traffic on 550 and 107.1 KTSA. San Antonio's News, Traffic, and Weather Station. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. KTSA News Time 436. We're going to be talking to an attorney who represents some of the Uvalde families next hour. Right now, though, I want to get your reaction if you have watched the video. It's at KTSA.com. And there's the short version and the full version. And, um... Just what kind of jumps out at you or your thoughts after seeing it? 210-599-5555. Miguel is on KTSA. Hi, Miguel. Hey, Jack. Um, quick comments on the video. So I did watch a portion of it. I just I couldn't bear to sit through the whole thing. Um, I just personally feel like every single one of those officers involved uh, should be charged uh, with some sort of um, either negligence or something along those lines. Because there, There's no way that none of them reacted or should have reacted the way they should have yeah i don't know i don't know what you could charge him with but it seems to me that if if you don't know that you need to get to those kids you're just in the wrong line of work yeah no exactly my thought i mean i mean if the house is on fire you, you 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 run to the fire right you don't see the firefighters standing around i mean I, I've never seen anything like this. Have you? No, no, that was, that's exactly my, my, my train of thought as well. Is like if, even though there's a fire, they don't wait for the lieutenant to tell them, okay, now it's safe to go in. No, you, you run. that's where you signed up for. I mean, I, I, I grant you that this video is unique. Thank you, Miguel, for the call. It, I, it's a unique video, but we've watched live and both, uh, later on, on tape, we've watched responses around the country, uh, school shootings, uh, you know, mass casualty uh, events, uh, and people that study this have even said this defies description. They've they've not seen a response like this. I I don't know how to explain it, but it is it's completely unacceptable, and I think. I think it would be good for the people on the tape to see the tape. Because maybe they don't realize, maybe in their mind, they were doing a great job. I don't know. Matt is on 550 and 1071 KTSA. Matt, good afternoon to you. Yeah, hey, Jack. How you doing? 
So what do you think about all this, man? Well, first off, the caller that uh, equated the military to uh, mindless individuals, I have issue with that. I was 24-year vet, and I'm not mindless, so that wasn't very cool. But for the video, I agree with Miguel quite a bit. You know, I think that was nothing but cowardice and incompetence from what I could see on the video. I have no idea why they didn't rush in there and do more to save those children. I mean, I'm sure some of them are fathers, but now it makes me wonder what kind of father are they? I mean, the lack of care was just non-existent. And this hand sanitizing part of those clips was just blew my mind. I can't, yeah, I, I, I can't, um, I had to go back over that. I mean, what are you thinking? What are you, Officer Fauci? I mean, what, what, who, in that moment, who's putting on hand sanitizer? Not me. Um, what, I mean, so tell me what you think this says. I mean, what does this say about the culture or, or, or is, is, is this a commentary on how we have, uh, maybe, you know, maybe, maybe policing is changing or, or what? I wonder about that. But then I think on the other hand, every day, the news is every, is full every day of, of heroism and, 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 and people giving their lives and risking their lives. So it's not normal. I completely agree, you know, and I think there's bad apples in every bunch. I mean, not everybody's perfect, and I think what we saw was just a terrible public example of what never to do and what true incompetence looks like, at least as far as I could see on the video. I mean, I wasn't there, but when I saw, I was disgusted, and having uh, in-laws in law enforcement, I haven't talked to them about it yet, but I would imagine they're pretty disgusted as well. Yeah, I think there's a lot of people that, uh, that's a good point, and thank you for the call, Matt. I, I think there's a lot of people that have to be careful about what they say because they work in law enforcement, but if you can talk to them off the record, and I, I, you know, I don't want to get anybody in trouble, um, but if, if you talk to them off the record, they're like, yeah, no, n- none of this is, is right, none of this is by the training. Jim is on KTSA 210-599-5555. Jim, good afternoon. Hey, how you doing, Jack? I just had a couple of comments. I agree with your last caller and quite a few of them that uh, this was just total cowardice, in my opinion. And I think that the individuals, there was so many different disciplines there, the sheriff department, border patrol, that they were hiding their heads underneath a blanket of authority. Nobody wanted to take charge and uh, nobody wanted to be at fault for doing the wrong thing. Um, but just another point I had to make is uh, it, it shocks me that I saw the individual holding the uh, the rifles, the uh, M16, if you will, or M4, and he wasn't able to keep the rifle up at a level pace. You could tell they are obviously out of shape. So I'm not sure, you know, what the requirements are to be a police officer in that county or sheriff or whatever. It seems they're not, they don't have the physical stamina to do their job. It's a good point. I hadn't thought of that. Uh, a lot of them look pretty out of shape. Um, there seem to be a lot of fidgeting and 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 you know screwing around with the vest and the equipment and pick it up and put it down. I mean, just, I don't know. And, and it all, it, to me, and again, I'm not an expert, but it seemed like there were just way too many guys in that hallway. Like if, if they'd started shooting, they'd have, they'd have taken each other out. You know, if, if bullets started bouncing around in that hallway, a lot of those guys would have, would have gotten hit. You just had way too, you've got a shooter. You're not, you're not up against the Russian army. There's just way too many guys in that hallway. Yeah, no, no, no uh, authority taken, you know, in the absence of orders, you know, run towards yeah. the, the gunfire, if you will. So uh, 25 yeah. years, uh, Army retired. It's just that's it's just a horrific uh, video. I watched the entire thing. So uh, I'll leave it back to you. 
Thank you, thank you, Jim, and thanks for your service too. Yeah, no. Um, again, I would understand if you didn't want to watch it or you don't watch it. That's fun. I, I mean, I watched it because I knew we would be talking about it. Um, it's, it's, it's just very, very uh, disturbing, and not for the reasons you would think. Not for the reasons we thought yesterday. Two ten five nine nine fifty five fifty five. Charles is on KTSa. Charles, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Jack. I can I can I can uh, sympathize with your frustration. It is frustration, as you all know, all the politics that have been playing out with the mayor and everything. That's exactly what happened in that situation. But no one's talking about the woman, the teacher that was that used to smoke outside that propped that door, and nobody's talking about her. If she would not have propped up in that door, you can't even smoke legally. You cannot smoke or drink. Well, let me let me let me hold you for a second because I thought the vi- on the video the door is closed. It's just not locked. No, what happened is she had it propped open because she was doing her smoking break. The teacher, yeah. I don't know if you remember her. She got a lawyer. I'm yeah, I heard about that. Either. I I I so yeah, the the door should be locked. There sh- there needs to be a, a resource officer. The guy that had a beat on him outside needed to shoot. Um, you exactly. know, you're right. I mean, he he never should be able to get in as easily as he did. And we don't have the excuse. This isn't pre-Columbine. We're, we're living in a time now where we're supposed to have our heads in the game on this stuff, right? I mean, maybe in Columbine they didn't, they, they couldn't imagine it, but now you can imagine it. And let me just say this. I do have law enforcement training. I'm not a, I'm not a police officer. I did not finish. But one of the first documents you sign is that you're willing to give your life. Obviously, these guys signed it, and they didn't even know what they were getting themselves into. But the last thing I was going to do, I'm going to put a name out there for you all, and I hope that everybody will petition this man to take the licensure away from all these officers. name is Kim Vickers. He is the, the, the key holder in Austin. He holds everybody's license. Just like you all have a broadcast license, this guy holds every peace officer's license in the state of Texas. So I just wanted to put it out okay. there. Okay. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Charles. Good to hear from you. Appreciate it. Um, Thomas is on 550-1071-KTSA. Thomas, welcome. Hi. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. So um, I kind of agree with the caller here. So my, my, my thing is, how come, you know, if, if a doctor were to have negligence, he gets sued, he gets in jail, he goes to prison, loses his license, why are these guys not getting sued? Why are they not going to prison? Well, I think the the short answer is that there are suits in the works. I don't think the suits are against the officers. The suits are going to be against the city, the school district, maybe other in, entities. Well, I don't know that you can sue, and we'll ask the lawyer when we have him on. I don't know if you – I don't know if the proper way to do this is to sue the officers or to sue the – organizations for whom they work, you know, the agencies for whom they work. Um, so I mean, we can ask you, them that in the medical, when we get them on. I hear you, but being in the medical field, if I were to... Okay, but when you sue Dr. Smith, Dr. Smith is a is a corporation, right? He's not just a person. You're suing his business. And so my point is, are you really going to sue the officer or are you going to sue the, the government entity that employs him? Do you see what I mean? I hear you. I hear, I hear. Thanks. You're, I know it feels like you're suing Dr. Smith, but you're really suing the S Corporation or the 
the the thing he has set up where he's right, doing business right, right. and 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 that's what's right. going to happen here but we'll ask the we'll ask the attorney we're, he's going to be on with us at 5:20 he represents some of the Uvalde families and we'll get to more of your calls on this coming up as well 210-599-5555 or you can email me jack at ktsa.com San Antonio's news traffic and weather station news talk 550 ktsa and fm 1071 451 on 550 and 1071 KTSA. Uh, coming up in our next half hour, the attorney representing some of the Uvalde families. Um, and we're getting your reaction to the Uvalde school surveillance video. This is video that stitches together uh, some cameras from the hallway at Robb Elementary, cameras from an, uh, a funeral home next door that captures the crash of the truck and the arrival on campus of the killer it, then there's also some uh body cam video in there it's mainly the hallway video it's um a kind of uh weird video because you know it, it normally we're, we're the way where our mind works the way our attention span works we we lose interest in something when nothing is happening right you turn off a show that's boring or a movie that's not active enough or interesting enough. This is a video that is um, galvanizing for what is not happening. There is very little happening. And it is striking. And it has to be, to, to, to appreciate it, I can't do it justice with words. To appreciate it, you have to see it. Uh, 210-599-5555. Chuck is on KTSA. Chuck, good afternoon. Hi, Jack. Thanks for uh, letting me speak. Um, yeah, I did see the video, and, you know, it was uh, unbelievable, you know. Um, and I think they could have saved those uh, 11 kids in the second room because if you, if you followed the gunshots, you can almost – it's kind of sickening, but you can you can match the gunshots like, you know, when he hits the first victim, you know, the first teacher – and then you hear some more gunshots and probably got the second teacher and then some of the kids in that first room. And then it was silence. And at the same time, you're seeing three officers go in there to the door. You hear a few more shots and the officers retreat. And then right after that, you see a rapid uh, volley of, 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 of uh, gunshots. And that's when he probably was killing, you know, the, the, the 11 kids in the back room, the second room, and, and those officers could have saved those kids, you know. And I mean, I, I will be fair and say I don't know, I don't know exactly what could have been, who could have been spared or what the numbers would have been. And, and for all we know, for all we know, it would have ended up with the same body count. But I just, I, I as a father, as a citizen, I want to see action i want to see you run toward where children are in danger not run away from it exactly, exactly. And, and if you're telling me that's your training get some new training get throw that book away and get some new training because that, you know, that training and sucks and, and we're going to have a lot more school shootings if people know that's what will happen that will encourage more school shootings it's just totally ridiculous and yes this is the killer's fault but then from there um they're trained and like you know everything's been brought up that should be done uh the amount of time that this has taken to to unfold is ridiculous too with with all the uh, the government 
from from the mayor up to the governor. You know, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It is. It is. Thank you, Chuck. Appreciate hearing from you. Um, Bob is on KTSA. Hi, Bob. Uh, yeah, hi. Uh, I'm a 24-year Army veteran, so I've been around a little bit. Um, three things. I saw the, the video, and it, you know, of course, tore me up like everybody else. Three things jumped out at me. First of all, you know, the thought that courage lives in a heart. And, and you know, they didn't show courage. That, that speaks for itself. But two other things jumped out. First was the door. Um, if, if you watch, he has to engage the door with one hand. And he's holding the, the, the weapon loosely in his other hand. An armed protector at that point could have stopped him and saved all the kids. But then the second thing was was, was the hand sanitizer. I mean, um, so I, I, a study some time ago that I, that I heard of was uh, some officers got killed in a firefight. And they figured out the reason why was that between volleys, they were stopping to police their rounds and put them in their pockets. So this guy has obviously not trained at all. His biggest training is to go run to the hand sanitizer and and take care of his own hands and not the dying kids. So well, I, the, you know the way I took that and, was and, I, it, it looked to me like know. we're going to be here for a while. I might as well hit the, you know hit the hit the pump. And I, you know, I, I'm one of those people. I can't <laughs> exactly. walk past a hand sanitizer without using it. But it, it, you're not. The whole mindset that, well, we're in for the long haul, we're going to be here for a while, that's not the right mindset. This wasn't somebody negotiating. This wasn't somebody, uh, you know, no. saying, I, I want $100,000 and a helicopter. He went in and immediately began killing people. He tried to kill people outside the school. So you know he's a killer. Exactly. You know you have to stop him from killing. There's no time for hand sanitizer. And, and you know... It doesn't take the body armor. It doesn't take, uh, I mean, you know, a shield. Uh, in the end, one man with a weapon stopped that situation. Now, he almost got shot himself. But one man with a weapon stopped that situation. That's all it really took. The first ones down the hallway could have stopped that immediately, even once he started it. You know, it angers you to see. If, if this wasn't a failure, it'll do until the real one shows up. Yeah, boy, you said it all right there. Bob, I appreciate your call. appreciate your service as well. And uh, we'll get to more uh, reaction to all this and all the other breaking news of the day. Uh, Christian's going to update us on everything else going on, and we are going to talk about some other things as we go along here make our way through the afternoon. But if you have seen the video, your reaction to it, it are you going to watch it? Do you, do you not want to watch it? I mean, if you do, it's at KTSA.com after the news on KTSA. Celebrating 100 years of service, I'm Christian Blood. Here once again, Jack Riccardi. All right, Christian, thank you. We're also joined now by KTSA News Director Dennis Foley. Hello. So I know last night you posted, and that's where I went to watch the yeah. uh, Uvalde video. Watched it on our website. It's still there on the homepage. Um, do we know how that came out or what the the providence of how that came out yeah that's still not clear and i think that's part of the city of uvalde and other officials anger is uh, mm -hmm. uh i would imagine they have some idea in how it came out but it came out through the austin american statesman and kvue tv in austin so i'm presuming it's from some state office well we know there was that state rep that yeah. wanted to show it uh i think he was going to show it on monday and there was some provision to first show it to the families the families are very upset because they basically got to see it when everybody did 
Um, and, uh, you know, I, I you kind of gave me some things to think about in the way that you reacted yeah. to it. And, and I, I particularly liked, uh, you know, some of the observations that that you made about um, just the first the first few minutes and how maybe the the first few responders set the the expectations for everybody else right like yeah. maybe as others arrived they thought well these guys are hanging back that must be the thing to do yeah and and I was trying to watch the video as trying as as we all know how it ended we know we all know the details of of the final result but watching it from a minute to minute perspective of what happened and how should someone react in certain situations and um i mean first off i mean most of the damage done was done before police got there which to me is really more a question about the school itself you know the make mm-hmm. sure the doors are closed school resource officer on the scene because i mean it, he the guy was not exactly taking his time, but he was kind of taking his time getting to the school, and he could have been easily intercepted. Um, but the biggest thing that I took away from watching the video last night was just the the local police response. Uh, in the video, you see that there are, what, five, six, seven officers that are there immediately. And they were taking some fire, but... There were seven of them and one gunman. And what they did was they took pretty much a defensive position almost immediately after they were they got returned, uh, fire was shot back at them. And it wasn't until maybe five, six, seven minutes later that you saw the sheriff's office arrive and the border patrol arrive. And before they got there, there was a guy in a white shirt wearing a vest. Yeah. He had a pistol. He was clearly giving directions to the other officers at the scene, telling them where to go. Now, mind you, again, I'm not a cop. I come from a family of cops, though, and just looking at it, they had guys with pistols up front. They had a guy with a long gun out back toward the end of the hallway. Um, That's that's a pretty defensive position to be taking instead of going in. They the shots were still being fired while those initial officers were there, but it stopped before the other departments got there. And basically what happened was. You know, Border Patrol, the Sheriff's Office, those were the two main agencies that basically replaced local officers in the hallway. Um, And they more or less took the position um, that the officers had taken. And if you're an officer arriving on the scene and there's no shots being fired actively, you would be right to assume that it's a barricade situation, especially if that's what you're being told. And again, we don't even know what they're being relayed over radios, phone calls. Right. We can't hear any of that on the video. Right. Right. And so just as, as an observer watching what was going on, I'm just trying to watch it as... If you're just showing up, what would you do based on the information that you had? And and for them, um, I mean, they probably had information that there was a gunman holed up in a classroom, uh, but it was like 40 minutes between when that first absolute barrage of gunfire erupted while the local police were there, and then 40 minutes later you heard gunshots again. That's when you saw you know Border Patrol and some other agencies move closer to the door but still not go in. Yeah. I think the most telling observation that's been made by people that, that for whom this is their profession, this is their field, is that they have never seen this kind of response. Yeah. That th- this doesn't look like any other incident, and obviously there have been cameras for a long time. Uh, there may not have been a lot of uh, surveillance cameras for some of the 1990s school shootings, but there's a lot of cameras in schools in the 2000s, and yeah, they've never seen anything uh, like this. Uh, a police officer uh, listener uh, said, I watched the entire video. 
Um, you're right about too many people in the hallway, all dressed up, nowhere to go. It's obvious they never tried on their gear. Gun safety was out the window. They're pointing at each other. He wrote, you have to train like you mean it. It has to be harsh and ugly. You have to be in very good shape to be a real gunfighter, which none of them were. Perfect practice makes perfect. You cannot depend on stepping up in a time of extreme violence. You have to be prepared mentally and physically 24-7. And, you know, to the point I've heard people try to say, well, it's a small town. Well, schools are in small towns, you know, and crazies uh, can go anywhere. They can live anywhere. You could say, well, we, we, we all know each other, but you could have a school shooter come into your community from outside. Um, we used to worry after 9-11 that terrorists would attack schools. They're not from the community. They're not going to be anybody you know. Um, so th- there has to be some expectation level. I, I-, I know we all, um, you know, we-, we will all give some latitude to you can't be everywhere or you can't foresee everything, but there's just so much standing around on that tape. Dennis, thank you. Um, 210-599-5555. We're going to be talking with an attorney representing the families coming up. We're getting your reaction to the video as we continue here. Karen is on KTSA. Karen, good afternoon. Hi, Jack. Thank you so much for taking my call. So what do you think about all this, Karen? I'm sick to my stomach, and I'll tell you why. My daughter is a third-grade teacher at that school, and her kids oh were goodness. on the playground, and so was she. And they had been in that building five minutes prior to that kid coming Mm -hmm. in with his gun, shooting everybody. Mm -hmm. So my heart died a little bit that day. I know some of those students. I live in San Antonio, like Lake Hills, but she lives in Uvalde. And it's just heartbreaking the things that she's told me that, you know, happened when her kids were on the playground they all got the notice to run for lockdown they ran into the second grade school or second grade classrooms and all of these little second grade students were standing there with their little scissors huddled on the ground trying to be as quiet as they could just to protect themselves and there are police officers in this hallway and they did nothing that their whole job is to protect people, and they did nothing, absolutely nothing. It's heartbreaking, heartbreaking. You uh, you can't believe it would happen in Texas. I, I can't believe that that this is what this was. This was the best that we could get. This was the best we could do. It's just it's, it's hard to believe. It, it it flies in the face of everything we think about this state. Everything. You're one hundred percent right. And I mean, I just. I'm just floored. I'm I'm so grateful. My daughter and her students were all fine, but those other ones, those poor little babies. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. just to stand there and watch that video and just see them just standing there, and then hand sanitizer and check your phone. Okay, maybe you're checking your phone to get directions of to what you need to do, but my God, your police officers storm the room, do something, and it was just yeah. heartbreaking. Just. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I mean it, when it became clear that no one was in charge, you, you would you would think in a crowd of people, somebody would step up. You know, I kept thinking, and Karen, thank you for the call, and, and I'm glad your daughter is okay. You know what I kept thinking when I was watching this video? This may seem random, and I apologize if I'm off the wall here, but I was thinking of Flight 93. Remember Flight 93 on 9-11? And, and the people that stormed the cockpit, as best we know, we believe that some passengers stormed the cockpit, and that's the plane that crashed into Pennsylvania. Um it, it wasn't their job, 
right? It wasn't like one of them before the flight said, now uh, Bill over here is in charge if anything goes wrong. I mean, when it became clear that it was up to them, these are people that did a bunch of things they'd never heard of, never thought of, no one had ever trained them to do. They, um, we believe, prevented that plane from crashing into a high-value target, although sadly everyone on the plane died, but they may have saved a number of lives, if not their own. Um, but, you know, they didn't s sit around and go, well, isn't somebody supposed to do something, or when is the, you know, the air marshal going to step up? And, and, I mean, maybe they waited initially to see, but then when they realized they were the ones they were waiting for, they did it, and we've they've become synonymous with... Um, people rising to the occasion. We, we refer to it as a Flight 93 moment or a Flight 93 phenomenon. And um, I, I guess what I'm saying is that, that when I thought of that, I thought, well, w wasn't there anybody in that hallway like those passengers, those, that handful of passengers that cobbled together a plan and they didn't have training and they didn't have equipment and they used what they had and they tried to figure it out, and in, in some respects you could say, well, they didn't succeed, but in some respects you could say they did. They tried. You know, maybe we'd be sitting here today saying, um, hey, uh, this was done and that was done, and there were some uh, innocent people that got hurt or killed or children that got hurt or killed, but it would be a very different conversation, right, than the one we're having. The one we're having is nobody did anything for 77 minutes. Hey, this is David Van Camp from Markley Van Camp and Robbins celebrating 100 years of service on News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. KTSA News Times 522, Jack Riccardi on 550 and 1071 KTSA. As we talk about the release of this uh, video, uh, we're joined now in the KTSA Connecticut Quality Water Softeners Newsmaker Line by attorney Mark DiCarlo, who represents uh, some family members uh, of the uh, Robb Elementary School shooting. And uh, Mr. DiCarlo, welcome to the show. Good afternoon to you. Thank you for coming on with us. Um, how, how, did, um, how did this come about? I mean, wh wh what did these families or these folks want? Uh, what were they seeking when they, when they contacted you? Well, this is kind of an unusual case. There's different interested parties. There's people that are stating that they were beat up uh, while protesting. That's obviously after the fact. Mm -hmm. There's people that were um, unfortunately lost a loved one in the uh, Rob Elementary School. And then there's um, people that were just um, that I'm not representing as much are you know, for civil rights violations for that were tased and beaten up outside of the school. We really don't have that many of those clients. Those are civil rights cases. Mm -hmm. There's also possibly intentional or negligent infliction of emotional distress of various children that were in the classroom, but were not, that mm -hmm. were in the school, but not in that classroom. So there's a variety of um, various there's a, yeah. a variety. I mean, there's certainly a lot of different ways you could be a victim of this incident. You could you could be, not, the victims are not just the people who were shot. There's there's a lot of different uh, ways that this That's has right. impacted people. 
That's tell, right. tell me a little and, bit uh, about the mm-hmm. parents that were outside the school and what what you believe or what you are hearing happened to them on that day. Well, I, I, I mean, I, I, I specifically spoke to people that saw my clients. It saw people being tased and people getting getting beaten up. And of course, that's evidence or corroborated by what you'll see in the common media. I believe that's that was in YouTube videos, et cetera. And the question, of course, is, is whether or not the police, uh, now these new videos show that they did go into the school rather quickly. But what were their actions? And obviously much of the state power was turned against the parents who were very concerned about what they thought to be the inactive, the inactivity of the police. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever it is, whether it's tasers, S- large $50,000, $100,000 SUVs using to barricade the people from going in and rescuing their own children. Now, obviously, the police would say that they had a right to um, prevent these people from coming in for crowd control or to prevent interference with the investigation. As a matter of fact, um, Angelie Rose Gomez, who has a separate case, and obviously she was the young woman that went into the school to uh, take her two children out. She was mm-hmm. briefly handcuffed, for example. Is that mm-hmm. fa- a false arrest or false imprisonment case? And then, of course, there's allegations of retribution that are against her by the Uvalde Police Department. Those would be civil rights uh, violations in a law firm out of Philadelphia actually um, – uh, not a law firm as such, but a foundation involved in civil rights and civil liberties contacted me about a possible lawsuit for just a retribution action against Rose Angeli Gomez, Angeli Rose Gomez, for these um, actions by the police afterwards. So, so the the allegations are not only that people were potentially, possibly mistreated on the scene that day but that there's been retribution or mistreatment in the days since? Yes, and I was told by, I believe, two, at least one journalistic outfit, perhaps many as two or three, that what people are stating occurred to them um, also, also occurred to the journalists. So the treatment of Angeli Rose Gomez was consistent with what the, journal, with, uh, with what the journalist had also um, experienced. Mm-hmm. Other, will words, will these will these um, suits result in discovery, which will lead to maybe more video? I mean, we're, today we're talking about the video from inside the school, but mm-hmm. do, do you believe there's video that 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 demonstrates and documents the things you're saying? Well, I, well, yes, I think that video, et cetera, is already out, isn't it? Isn't that already out in the video? I've seen, seen I've seen some scraps mm-hmm. of things that, to me, to my eye, were were hard to you know hard to mm-hmm. to figure. But it, it certainly was mm-hmm. disturbing to see parents kneeling and on the ground and, um, as you say, in handcuffs. I didn't I didn't happen to see one that there was tasing, but you say that's happened as well. Um, well, I believe that happened. I've also I, asked I people that. have asked whether or not if you sue your own, you know city, county, whatever, are, are you suing yourself because the taxpayer will, will wind up on the hook? What, what is your response to that? Well, that's permitted 
legally by the uh, Texas Tort Claims Act in certain instances wherein sovereign immunity or governmental immunity is waived. And I guess you could argue that you're suing yourself, but I guess you could also argue that you pay for those weapons that went unused Mm -hmm. to prevent you from Mm -hmm. going into the school and um, mm-hmm. and then then you pay for the attorneys that are being used to prevent you from getting uh, information, also. So I guess I guess that's being turned against you too. The own wep- your own weapons mm-hmm. that you're paying for for the officers to go in, and they're barricading you from going in and rescuing your children. And you're also paying for the attorneys that the Uvalde uh, school district, et cetera, are paying for to prevent you from getting the mm-hmm. information. And I have mm-hmm. a letter from Walsh Gallegos stating that we will not be providing access to this information until various law enforcement and other agencies have completed their investigation review of the incident. That's from the Uvalde Consolidated Independent School District. Um, yeah. So both sides are lawyering up, that, I guess. Um, June, June 30th, 2022, we're paying for that. Mm-hmm. We're paying right. for the, uh, the uh, Texas Attorney General is... Um, received a letter from DNRBZ, a law firm that's representing the city of Uvalde, and is uh, mm-hmm. asserting, I believe, frivolously, that they are not going to be releasing such information. So I guess yeah. we're paying but all I, the way So my, my, my question was, the, the public is going to get to see a lot more, aren't we? Well, look, I believe they have this down to a science. And I've analogized it to the Warren Commission or the 911 Commission, where in mm-hmm. there's delays, obfuscation. Then they mm-hmm. do an encyclopedia full of um, they do an encyclopedia full of information, and then they play. They, then they then they consolidate it in a questionable report, making questionable uh, uh, hypotheses and opinions regarding what happened, instead of us getting the information as it's revealed. Where's the autopsy of the shooter? We don't have hmm. that. When will we get it? Oh, what do you need? Ten attorneys and ten law firms to get it? Well, they're, yeah. well, they're using your tax money to deny it. Where's the ATF Form 4473, where in the ATF said immediately that it was a lawful sale? You believe that they could establish that that was a lawful sale? Yeah. Immediately? Yeah, no, I, I, had never, I had never thought about the autopsy question. That's an interesting question. Um well, look, I, I, I've said it, and I believe it. It's all to the best that uh, these families pursue every uh, avenue. Uh, and just as what we see inside the school is outrageous, what we're hearing about and seeing happen outside the school uh, is outrageous, too. And, Mark DiCarlo, I appreciate your time. I hope we can call on you again as we go forward with this. But thank you for the time today. Thank you very much. All right. Representing some of the people in Uvalde, some of the families, uh, there was a lot uh, going on in Uvalde that day, but also there's been a lot in the days since. And and we've had it every so often from callers who've, who who live in Uvalde who've said that uh, th- th- it's not a good feeling. It's not a good, um, there's, a, there's a bad atmosphere uh, about the way the mayor, the city council, the police chief of the school district police and so forth have, have responded or not responded. And I, I you know, I, I keep thinking to myself, we've been through so many of these over the years, and ordinarily there is a natural sympathy with and for uh, a town that goes, you know, the whole country, the whole world sympathizes when a town goes through something like this. And usually the people are, are uniformly to be sympathized with, and they are sympathetic 
but th- this is this this is very very mixed up and and disturbing and it's disturbing to people people are telling me look i've lived here my whole life and i i cannot believe this is the way it's going down we're going to talk about your reaction to all this and the video after we update ktsa time saver traffic here next ktsa news time is 5 39 Jack Riccardi, late afternoon show, 210-599-5555. We'll get you in here. You can vote in the Stevens Roofing JR poll. We've been talking about the release of the Uvalde school shooting surveillance video, and you can see it at KTSA.com. People are reacting to what they have seen. Um, Our next guest has been with us before and is one of the nation's uh, leading experts in school security. Uh, and safety, uh, Kenneth Trump, National School Safety and Security Services on our KTSA Connecticut Quality Water Softeners Newsmaker line. Um, I, I, I guess you've seen a lot of not only preparation and planning to keep schools safe, but you've also seen a lot of school shooting aftermaths and video and, and testimony and, and, and what have you. W- where does what you're seeing and hearing um from Uvalde fit into your experience on this? Well, I have worked more than three decades with schools and, and their first responders and community agencies trying to help prevent these type of incidents and certainly prepare on the emergency planning and then doing security assessments, emergency planning, and then studying all of the high profile shootings and other incidents. And, and this one, uh, leaves more questions in terms of tactical response than I think any other, including the Parkland situation where the school resource officer came in under uh, significant criticism for staying outside by a tree um, while the shooting was going on. Here you had, looks like everybody or, or a large number of people who responded who are by this video in the hallway. And, and what questions it raises with me is, is questions, first of all, around incident command and unified command. Uh, One of the basic premises, particularly when you're getting multiple agencies responding to a mass incident, uh, large-scale threat like that, is who's in charge? Mm -hmm. Um, And there are protocols that should be in place that have been trained for decades, the first responders, on setting up an incident command. One person, oftentimes one of the first ones seen, perhaps the one the highest rank one is the incident commander and calling the shots regardless of of who's there from multiple agencies so where is that incident command if it didn't happen which there's not a lot of evidence in it and what we've seen so far and what's been claimed about it um, why didn't you have incident command some type of unified command because you see people doing a little bit of everything you see some going toward the room uh, many staying back, uh, people getting hand sanitizer, person getting hand sanitizer uh, while standing in the hallways, officer checking phones, phones, a large number of people just kind of standing there. Uh, and it just seemed to be a great deal of confusion, mm-hmm. even when you had officers come in who appeared to be uh, better equipped to go into that situation. You still had uh, mixed messages in, in the hallway. So that that's huge. And these are things. You know, they come down to what we call the three P's, plan, prepare, and practice. Um, and we often hear, and I'm hearing after this, well, these are small departments. They're small departments. They're small departments. 
more my answer to that is more of the reason to train if you know that you have a small department you're limited resources you're not a large urban area that has larger departments and immediate response around you that's more the reason to be prepared having the tools mm. to breach a uh, a classroom in the trunk of your car having done done joint training ahead of time with those multiple agencies uh, making sure that you know how to communicate are your radios on the same frequency uh, or ability to get on the same frequency incident command who takes charge layout for the mm-hmm. building uh it, it's the prime reason to be better prepared not an excuse for not being prepared and, and i'm and just getting frustrated hearing what well, small department small department the training mm-hmm. is out there it is available and the same thing applies on on the school end of things i mean even after you all they uh you know we get slammed with calls for training and assessments uh, that would like to see calls having come in the day before, not the day after and the day of. Yeah. Um, and then even then we get schools that will say, well, we, we need a proposal by Monday and it's Friday afternoon. Well, we really don't have the resources for this when they pay six times as much for a curriculum audit, but don't want to do a, uh, a security yeah. emergency planning assessment of other schools. So it, it's really frustrating. And, uh, you know, some, uh, we've made a lot of progress in many ways. Uh, I think it's important for listeners, for parents across the country to understand that the majority of police departments are trained to the, to the industry standard after Columbine of single officer entry. The majority, vast majority of officers uh, around the country today would go in. I, I, I hear mm-hmm. a lot of frustrated police officers throughout the country I've talked with who feel that this taint them in their yeah. school communities hundreds or thousands of yeah. miles uh, away and right. and we, we want parents to be reassured that there are many good many prepared uh, but one that isn't becomes a national international tragedy yeah well that, that that's a very good point we're talking with kenneth trump on ktsa what is a columbine lock and why are they uh, a good idea for schools well, uh, deja vu all over again. Uh, after every high-profile shooting, starting with Columbine in particular, uh, we hear from from teachers and their and their professional associations about uh, teachers being concerned that they have to either step out or have it to lock their classroom door or to have the door in a locked position uh, if they need to close it quickly for a, a lockdown. The question is that they that people have a well, what about having it so that the door can be latched or locked from the inside? Uh, sounds like a, a no-brainer, uh, but there, there's always more to that story. First of all, unintended consequences. There are building and fire codes and standards within other areas of safety, fire and emergency egress for those types of emergencies, uh, where certain mm-hmm. things, certain types of locks are, can and can, cannot be used, number one. So what are your local and state building codes and are you going to change something for one type of incident a shooting which is a low level risk of of occurring statistically and probability one is one too many uh but are you going to make those changes and have unintended consequences and and another type of emergency emergency like emergency egress for a a fire so that's one issue uh the other issue of course is always one that's, that's going to be there and that's the issue of cost i mean you can look inside a given school um, and in a given school, you, how many doors could you actually have? I mean, a couple hundred, right. or perhaps, or right. even more in a high school. Um, and the reality is there, there are costs to doing that. 
so how are we going to budget for that when you multiply that not only in one school but in uh, even a small size or especially a large district? Well, where is that going to, to come from? So there are some things that have to be thought through. So we train, you know, people to, uh, if you want juice, they have the door in a locked position ready to close. If you want to pull it quickly closed, so it will automatically lock. We're, there are some risks. We're adults supervising children. We don't want anyone to get hurt, but, you know, we hear this question all the time, well, who's going to check the bathrooms if we go into a lockdown? Well, the adults, if mm-hmm. they can safely do so, the adults who are nearest fine. Well, 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 what about folks? We're supervising kids. <laughs> I'm sorry. Right. It's not a 100% perfect scenario. This is the, uh, so we, we try to reduce those risks and support our teachers and appreciate their concern. We just want to make sure that we're looking at the risk, looking at limited resources, looking at the uh, not having unintended consequences um, and not just going off. I know there's one news story out there nationally that's on the lock issue and the door issue today. Well, let's take a look at the whole picture. I mean, you know, let mm-hmm. me, I, I can tell you that I do expert witness work on civil litigation, civil lawsuits related to school safety, plaintiff and defense cases. Worked in Sandy Hook, Parkland, San Bernardino, the highest profile mass school shootings, rape and other sexual assaults, various other crimes. And, and while the facts and merits vary, what I'll tell you is that the allegations when a tra- after a tragedy occur are typically not allegations of failures of hardware and equipment and, 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 and technology. It's allegations mm. of failures of human factors, people, policies, yeah. procedures, and training. The locks work perfectly. The mechanical hardware is fine, but who, it was a, mm. a person who propped open the door that led to somebody getting in. Or we've had cases like out in San Bernardino. The, the shooter and the strange husband of a, a, a teacher uh, couldn't get in on the perimeter doors that were locked. Came in and they let him in right in the front door, signed in to go in the building, and he went down the hallway and killed his, his wife, the strange, uh, strange wife, the teacher, another kid, injured another kid, and then killed himself. That was, in my opinion, human error all yeah. the way around. The, yeah. the hardware worked. Humans are the most complicated hardware. Uh, Kenneth Trump, school safety expert, National School Safety and Security Services. Always learn a lot when we have you on and appreciate the time today, sir. Thank you. Thank you. It's about leadership and time as much as it is money. We have to focus on humans and training. Good talking with you again. Boy, amen to that. Celebrating 100 years of service. 55 KTSA. Five fifty four, five fifty, and one zero seven one KTSA. By the way, I'll be in for Sean tomorrow morning between nine and eleven, and back here in the afternoon at four o'clock. And we always take on all the breaking news, and we talk about what's going on in our lives. So hopefully, we can hang out a couple of times tomorrow. You can also find this show on demand anytime on the Jack Riccardi page at KTSA.com. So if you miss some of it or this isn't a good time to listen to radio but you want to stay with our show, I have people that take us uh, on walks on the weekends and listen at night and catch up uh, at the end of the week on the week's shows, and you can do all those different things. KTSA.com, the Jack Riccardi page. All right, we're getting reaction to what came out overnight, the Uvalde surveillance video from Robb Elementary School, and Don is on KTSA. Don, good afternoon. Good afternoon, uh, Jack. How you doing? Good, Don. You know, Thank I you. Just, How are you? 
I'm doing good. Um, no, I just wanted to comment on this. I think it just comes down, you know, on this to cowardness, you know, on the officer's part. Um, you know, I'm a veteran, uh, served uh, 22 years as infantry, uh, did my part, you know, in deploying to you know, Iraq. And, you know, this, it comes down to that, you know, training has a lot to do with it. I know before leaving to Iraq, we you know, we did a lot of training on how to enter rooms, buildings, and all that. So, so, you know, that's a major part. But when it, when it, you know, when it comes down to to the real deal, it's it's actually, you know, having having uh, uh, that the, you know, the 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 wheel to go in, you know, uh, when when something like this happens. Mm-hmm. Um, so, if you remember, this is just a repetition of. I don't know if you remember. In uh, I believe it's, it was in 2018 um, that there was an incident that happened, and I believe it was in Florida. The the same thing happened where the um, where the officer just stayed outside mm-hmm. uh, while the um, in, uh, it was in while uh, the shooting. Yeah, you're right, Parkland, right. Florida. Todd Peterson, right in uh, Douglas High School. The same mm-hmm. thing, you know, the officer failed to go in in the school. And, you know, history repeats itself. Um, I think you're right you about know. training, Don, because when you look at that video, there's a lot of equipment. So it's not that they don't have the tools. It's There's just not a um, a willingness or a, or a direction to use them. I mean, they've got everything. They've got everything you could ask for, but nothing's getting done. That's true. That's true. Um, and you've got one shooter. I, I mean, you're not up against a. It's it's not like you're up against an army. Um, you you you've been told what happened. You've got eyewitnesses that saw him go in. You're aware of that. You granted you don't know what's going on in the classroom, but you know there's a person. You know there's children. Um, you know that people are bleeding now because shots have already rung out so you know people have been hit and there may be people still alive i mean there's just so many reasons to go forward and and they're not they're just doing nothing so i appreciate your call don thank you i think your your comparison to parkland is is right on um that it's only thing is that was one and this is a hallway full of of people uh look i don't i i take no pleasure in saying this I i would rather be defending them there's just nothing to defend. I, I haven't heard it. I haven't seen it. I'm not getting it. And I don't think we're going to. I would wonder what they would say if they had to watch this video. Maybe some of them have. Maybe some of them never will. But if you made them watch it all the way in real time, what would they think of what they see themselves doing? After the news, our conversation continues here on KTSA. Celebrating 100 years of service, I'm Christian Blood. 55 KTSA. Once again, here's Jack Riccardi. All right, Christian, thank you very much. And later in this hour, we'll have the results on the Stevens Roofing JR poll. Since since today we're talking about, and we have been talking about, the uh, video of the police inside Robb Elementary School, I wanted to share with you another video that's gone viral and is also disturbing in a very, very different way. Um, This was video that was taken in Minneapolis um, when police showed up with a search warrant for a murder suspect. So they come into this community. They're out on the street. 
and they are met by little, little children. I mean, there's one toddler in diapers who are punching and kicking and cursing the police officers. These are kids who probably can't read yet, but are cursing out the Minneapolis PD. Take a listen to just a little bit of this video. You hear the word bitch and F off and they punch uh, one officer in the crotch because that's as high as they can reach. Police officers are backing up. You can tell they don't know what to, you know, what do you make of this? Say what I make of it. Who'd want to be a police officer in a city like that? Who'd want to, who'd choose that kind of work? If you're already in it, this is your reality, but who would choose it? How are we going to get the kinds of men and women in law enforcement we want? We're talking about this today. Who in their right mind would who had choices would want to be in this situation. And and then I think about the kids. Now, we don't have all the context, but I think you're looking at future poor people, if not homeless people. Children who, through no fault of their own, are being raised with so much hatred and ignorance and not being raised in so many ways that this cannot end well for them. You know, the, it, it, it may look at the moment like, well, they don't know what they're doing. But, I mean, they're, they're missing something that they're going to be missing their entire lives. It's disturbing in its own way. There was a, um, an exchange yesterday in the Senate where they were getting testimony. It's hard for me to even believe we're having these discussions. But they were getting testimony um, in the Senate um, over... Um, the idea, I guess you could say, um, this was the Judiciary Committee, and they were talking about the Dobbs decision, and they were talking about um, the whole notion of pregnant people. So you're going to hear Senator Josh Hawley uh, from Missouri, who is an, an attorney and was the attorney general of his state, and you're going to hear a law professor um, at Berkeley um, and um, they go back and forth. Her name is Kiara Bridges. And they're going back and forth over this. But I want you to hear it. I want you to hear what, sh- what this law professor, somebody who teaches law, is saying about trans people and pregnant people. Take a listen to this exchange. Professor Bridges, you said several times, you've used a phrase. I want to make sure I understand what you mean by it. You've referred to people with a capacity for pregnancy. It, would that be women? 
many women, cis women, have the capacity for pregnancy. Many cis women do not have the capacity for pregnancy. Um, there are also trans men who are capable of pregnancy, as well as non-binary people who are capable of pregnancy. So this isn't really a women's rights issue. It's a, it's, we can it's recognize a that this impacts women while also recognizing that it impacts other groups. Those things are not mutually exclusive, Senator Hawley. Oh, so your view is, is that the core of this, this right then is about what? So um, I want to recognize that your line of questioning um, is transphobic, <laughs> um, and it opens up trans people to violence by not recognizing that. Wow, you're saying that I'm opening up people to violence by asking whether or not women are the folks who can have pregnancies? So I'm one, I want to note that one out of five transgender uh, persons have attempted suicide. So I think it's important because of my line of questioning because so we can't talk about it because denying that trans people exist and pretending not to know that they exist. I'm denying dangerous. that trans people exist by asking are you? you if you're talking are you? about women are you? having pregnancies. Do you believe that the, uh, men can get pregnant? No, I don't think women can get <laughs> so you're denying that trans people exist. Thank and that leads to violence. Is this how you run your classroom? Are students allowed to question you Absolutely. or are they also treated like this? Where no, you, no, no, they're, they're told that to they're a opening up people to oh, violence. We have a good time questioning. in my class. You should join. Oh, I bet. You might learn a lot. Wow, I, I would learn a lot. I've learned a you, lot. Just I know. This yeah, I mean, you can imagine if, yep. if, if Josh Hawley, who's a pretty bright guy, uh, is getting this kind of attitude. You can imagine that that her, her students are not getting anywhere near this close to her, right? They're not. They're not getting. She has to put up with him, but they're not letting. She's not letting anybody question this. This isn't. This isn't teaching law. This is teaching dogma. Okay, this is someone who is, um, not logical, not law based, but is, it has has reached a position where she has a captive audience, her students, at a prestigious law school, for the purpose of promoting a dogma. By the way, I, I, I don't know if it's true. I've heard the assertion that one out of five trans people attempts to commit suicide. Let's say for the moment that is true. I don't know that it is. I'm not saying I know. That is a stunning indictment. That is disturbing. I don't know of any other group of people with a suicide rate of 20%. Might that mean that we ought to take a harder look, a more critical look, at encouraging and pushing gender fluidity and transitions on children? In other words, instead of blaming Josh Hawley for the suicide rate, if that is the true suicide rate, it seems to me anyone that took any kind of interest in young people would shield young people from rushing into or making or on a whim or because of peer pressure or social pressure or cultural pressure making a, a change in their gender. I mean, you really need to know what you're doing because it, can re it, could, it could really backfire on you. That's what that tells me. So it's it's cool that we're blaming Josh Hawley. I'm sure it's all his fault, but you throw that number around. I, if you believe in that number, Professor, that's a, that's a clear indicator that we need to hit the brake pedal, not the accelerator. And I wonder why we're not, if we care about people and, you know, what happens to them. 210-599-5555. Do you think President Biden gets 
what's going on in this country right now? It, does he does he get what's going on, or does he really not comprehend the bubble that he is inside of? An ABC reporter was questioning him as he was leaving for his uh, foreign trip, and um, he asks him about the poll we had yesterday that two-thirds of Democrats want someone else on their ticket in 2024. I want you to listen to how Biden snaps and then rationalizes his uh, poll numbers. Take a listen to this, cut number four. Mr. President, what's your message to Democrats who don't want you to run again? They want me to run. Two-thirds say they Read don't. Read the poll. Read the poll, Jack. You guys are all the same. That poll showed that 92% of Democrats, if I ran, would vote for me. A majority of Democrats say they don't want you to run again in no, 2024. 92% said if I did, they'd vote for me. Will you shake the crown prince's hand? Will you shake the crown prince's hand, sir? So, um, the, he actually is wrong. The, the poll said that um, 92% of Democrats would prefer Biden over Trump if that was the matchup. But the top line of that poll, as we discussed yesterday, is that a much higher percentage of people in a president's party than has ever happened want someone other than their president. That's striking when you consider that they don't even know who that would be. They're, 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 they're telling those pollsters, just please give us somebody else. We don't know who it is. We just want somebody else. Now, he's either really, you know, pulling an attitude here. Listen up, Jack. Like, like when they call that guy in Iowa fat. Listen, fat. Maybe it's attitude. Maybe that's feisty Joe. Maybe he really doesn't get it. Have you ever thought about that? I mean, he doesn't hear what you hear. He doesn't, he doesn't buy a gallon of gasoline or a loaf of bread or, you know. He's surrounded by people that are not telling him anything he doesn't want to hear and are telling him what he wants to know. And when he goes out in the public, where does he go? He goes against an ice cream cone. But you wonder, does he even get what's going on? How, how far this country has fallen and how um, not just dissatisfied or whatever. I heard, I heard somebody, some Democrat, I forget who it was, being interviewed, and uh, she was saying the poll numbers, the bad poll numbers, are because it's hot. Are you t- is that what's going on with you and your family? Are you just, just kind of hot and bothered? It's not, the, it's not the price of gasoline. It's not the, the direction of the country. It's not your, your uh, falling wages. It's, you know what? We're just taking it out on Biden because it's hot. We're blaming him for the weather. That was her explanation. That's, that's what they're thinking or what they're retailing anyway. San Antonio's news, traffic, and weather station. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. <laughs> 623 on KTSA, 210-599-5555. And uh, later in the hour, we'll have the results on the Stevens Roofing JR poll about the um, Uvalde video. Uh, The story of that um, rape victim in Ohio, remember the one that the president referenced, 10-year-old girl raped, became pregnant, had to go to a neighboring state to get an abortion. Um, That story has taken another turn. Um, For a while, it, it wasn't clear that this had actually even happened and the attorney general of Ohio had said yesterday or yesterday or two days ago that that there was no report of a crime that would uh, corroborate this story. Um, reporting from the Columbus Dispatch newspaper uh, indicates that there was a crime report. An arrest has been made, and charges have been filed 
against a 27-year-old man who confessed to the crime of repeatedly raping this 10-year-old girl. But the problem for Joe Biden is going to be that the suspect who's confessed, Gershon Fuentes, 27, is an illegal immigrant. And, you know, I, I think there's a danger in trying to weaponize or, uh, you know, politically mobilize stories like this. I, I get that, that on the abortion debate, everybody's reaching for their best, their best argument. This is not it. And now it's blown up in their face. Because you, you know, of course, the media are not going to want to touch this now. Any, you look at the, the foiled uh, mass shooting in Richmond, anything where they have to report a um, negative effect or outcome of illegal immigration, it just goes away. 210-599-5555. Susan is on KTSA. Susan, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Enjoy your show so much. I love the variety of topics. Oh, I appreciate it. I got really educated, I want to tell you, when a very best friend of mine, who I always couldn't put the finger on, told me that they were transgender. They passed without, I almost fell out of the chair Mm. when I found And I had a thousand questions. Um, And uh, it is true. From what I know, I just want to say, Probably back in the day when it was a struggle for anybody different, you know, now that it's, it's not in the forefront, probably would have been one in three that, from what I had mm-hmm. asked all the questions, mm-hmm. and because they had nowhere to go. They just wanted to just, you know, blend. They call it uh, passing. They just want to pass. That's the, that's the code word. And so when they don't pass, they get ridiculed. Um, obviously they need to find, you know, and you're in, um, and also you're required to be in therapy constantly till the end of your life. Uh, you're required. If you, if you play by the rules, if you have surgery or whatnot, actually they did have surgery. Excuse me. There was okay. a surgical removal, but I have to tell you, I almost fell out of the chair yeah. and just accept it and whatnot. And I had a thousand questions. So all those I am also disappointed at the way that lady talked to uh, Josh because uh, she is a smart debater. She could have did way better than that. I guess my point in bringing it up was not just the debate between them, but the way that she threw that statistic out, that that seems like the most important thing you need to know about a decision like this, and yet here we are with Drag Queen Story Hour and all of this infantilizing of it in the schools like it's like it's just changing your jersey or combing your hair to the other side you know you would not give somebody a drug without telling them the side effects i don't think you should preach this kind of a change to people without being really upfront with them about the remorse the regret the the pressure the depression like you're talking oh, about and you you know your friend said you said you you learned a lot about it i i mean I just don't think it's right to push this on kids. They're not ready to make that decision. Yeah, I agree. I was shocked. I have to say I'm pretty open-minded. I do believe, though, that this is a state-by-state issue. If there's one and two, it's probably a state that has poor health care, that they don't have nobody to talk to, you know, mentally. 
uh, if it's one in five, it's probably a state that's got a little more liberal. You know, well, I would hope that when you talk to somebody about it, they're not just there to help you do it. They're there to really help you figure out what's going on. And well, and not everybody that's going to have this inclination or this leaning necessarily needs to go all the, all the way with it. But Susan, good call. Thank you. Thank you for being on our show. Um, Charles is on KTSA. Charles, good afternoon. Okay, I think we lost Charles. That's okay. 210 599 5555. William is on KTSA. Hi, William. Hello. How are you doing, Jack? Good, sir. How are you? Well, I've been in law enforcement for 28 years now, and I really didn't feel the need to watch the video, although I did watch it, and it made me, it was just sickening. Sickening to watch a failure. You have one job to do protect people, one job. And we train, we train for these scenarios because Columbine happened and we swore up and down, we're going to train for this, well, this will never happen mm-hmm. again. But as we saw, yeah. one, I saw one officer, his, he takes his phone out of his pocket within the first four or five minutes, his phone goes off. He takes it out, looks at his phone. Why are you looking at your phone? That should be the last thing in the world you're worried about. Another officer comes in and uses the hand sanitizer, cleans <sighs> up his hands. Yeah. One, yeah. one guy, his vest was not even fastened. He's running around. Right. One of the first two officers that ran up, and you never you never retreat. And they backed off, which is the first where you don't know that we don't retreat. We are taught, stop the killing. Well, they went up and down that hallway numerous times. They kept changing their position. They would get closer. They'd come back. What, what, did, what did that say to you with your experience? I mean, what, what, what do you think's going on there? Uh, I just... I. I can't say lack of training. If, if they never were trained, it's still the bottom line, you protect lives. They're shooting. You need to go and eliminate the threat, regardless of, you know, you. I don't know. I don't know. Like I said, there are other cars, it's cowardice. You know, you, it, you cannot back away from that. There's young lives. Life it, it matters. Life, no matter what, life matters. You have to protect life no matter what, no matter Color, age, religion—you protect life no matter what. Yeah, yeah. you put on that you badge. Hope so. You swear up and down. You put on that badge, and you may not come home, but at least you laid everything on the line. Because my dad was a veteran of World War II. He was on the beaches in Normandy. And what if they, those guys had backed off? Oh well, you know this right. is not what we signed up for. Right. I, no, I you're right. You're right about I'm, that. And it wasn't. And it wasn't what they signed up for. You know, it wasn't what they signed up for because the, you, you bring up Normandy. The, the men that were sent ashore were, uh, many were killed before they ever got their feet on dry land. They were, they yeah. were, they were to die so that the, the men behind them might have a chance to get onto that beach. And what a, what a long distance we've traveled from that to these guys in the hallway with the, the hand sanitizer. I don't, I just don't know. It just, it just made me physically nauseated, yeah, sickening it did to me see too. what they did. Yeah. It's just you know these to, to to back away to go up there. Okay, you run, you rush up there, then now you back off. Well, oh yeah. no, you failed. Yeah, I, I, I William, I, I thank you. Like they need to remove that badge. They need to take the badge off. I'm sorry. I, I agree, sir. Thank you for the call and thank you for what you do. Um, and Normandy was not, you know, those were American boys fighting for French soil. It wasn't their country it wasn't their community they weren't standing in front of their mothers and fathers and girlfriends and stuff the 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 people in that hallway are in their own town 
They're in their own community. It's just, it's hard to, I'm I'm not interested in calling them names or putting a name on it. You can do that. It's just is troubling. I'm going to go back to what Ken Trump said when we had him on, though. That's not the norm. That's not what we see all around the country. That is not what will happen, hopefully, prayerfully, if it's your child's school or my child's school. It still makes me want to know what happened there and why. Celebrating 100 years of service. 55 KTSA. Six thirty nine on five fifty and one zero seven one KTSa. Why in the world would you say this? LeBron James, in an interview with TMZ, was talking about Brittany Griner, the WNBA star who's in captivity in Russia. He says that she's been over there so long without this country bringing her home that if he were her, he might want to just stay there. How could she feel like America has her back, she says. I would be feeling like, do I even want to go back to America? (laughs) What the hell is the matter with this guy? Maybe the AT&T Center air conditioning breakdown got to him more than we thought. Maybe he never came back from those heat cramps. Maybe they spread to his brain. I don't know. Okay, first of all, and, and you know me, I'm no fan of the Biden administration, but... They actually have worked on the Brittany Griner story. I mean, the Secretary of State's involved. Uh, the President and the Vice President uh, have both apparently been involved. It's likely that that has everything to do with Brittany Griner being a celebrity. So I'm not saying just any American in this plight would get that kind of high-level coverage, but the point is they're getting it. They're getting the attention from the top people in the Biden administration. What exactly do the does LeBron think... Joe Biden can do. I mean, as Ukraine indicates, Joe Biden doesn't have a lot of influence with Vladimir Putin. Now, whether Griner committed crimes or not, I don't know, but this is a dictatorship. It's not a due process thing. They're in in a war in Ukraine. We're arming Ukraine. So we're sending weapons to Ukraine that are used to kill Russians. It's probably safe to say this is not a strong position for the United States uh, to be in to negotiate the release of Brittany Griner. I, I, I get that it's ridiculous and outrageous, and, but what does LeBron think can happen here? Is he saying this because he really believes that if you're disappointed in the United States, you'd be better off staying in Russia? She's in prison in Russia. She's not living in Russia. This isn't like Lee Harvey Oswald in Minsk in 1959. She's she's in prison. I, I really wonder sometimes if people like LeBron James, it's it's easy, I know what you're thinking. You're, people are going to say, oh, he's an idiot. I, I really wonder if it's that or if this is just how they stay in the news. Like 
you know, it's an outrageous, you know, soundbite kind of thing to say. And um, we're talking about it. Does he really need more ink and airtime than he already get? Maybe he does. I don't know. LeBron says if he were Brittany Griner, he'd consider just staying in Russia. I bet there's no Bogotas and breakfast tacos there. How do you think they're doing in the uh, speechwriting office today for uh, for Jill Biden? Probably not a good day there, you know. <laughs> probably, probably a very quiet office today. Anyway, 210-599-5555. Um, if you think about the uh, the whole Democratic message right now, the... The wheels are really coming off. I mean, we played the clip of Biden snapping at the reporter. 92% want me to run. No. Two-thirds don't want you to run. Democrats. And then, you know, you've got, uh, he did the event. He did that, that school shooting event the other day. He got heckled at that event by a father of a student who was killed in a school shooting, the Parkland shooting. Now, you got to think about this for a minute. The, the Democrats are the gun control people. This is their thing. I mean, outside of abortion, this is their other signature issue. They invite people who they know favor gun control. This gentleman that heckled the president favors gun control. He wants more gun laws. So you're having this rah-rah event where Biden is, is, is you know, reading off a, a list of school shootings. He referred to Parkland as having occurred in 1918, not 2018. But, you know, for Joe, 1918 is like yesterday. And he's getting heckled. They're getting heckled by their own people. And that poll is a poll of Democrats who don't want him to run. And you're seeing this all over. You're seeing recalls of, of Democrats in heavily Democratic cities and states, blue, you know, blue areas. And... Um, it's almost as if across the board, they're, they're, you know, Kamala Harris can't explain anything. The wheels are coming off. And th- that's where, where I think the Jill Biden thing, the more I think about it, the more I think that normally would have been smothered by the pro-Biden media very quickly. They would have very quickly put out that fire, you know, because the important thing is to protect Democrats from stories that may hurt them. So you you cover those stories by smothering those stories. If it's a story about a Republican, you cover it by getting out the bellows and fanning the flames, right? And you get the lighter fluid and squirt some on it. But if it's a story about Democrats, you put out that fire. Why are they not putting out the Jill Biden fire? Why are they not putting out the Siena uh, New York Times poll fire? Because Because they're moving on from him. They're not moving on in terms of their policies or their attitudes. They're not moving on on abortion or trans or or, or uh, any of these other issues, Green New Deal. But he's already done for them what they needed him to do. And he can't do it again. And he may be the last one to figure this out. Or maybe he does know. Hey, this is Jamie Markley of Markley Van Camp and Robbins, celebrating 100 years of service on News Talk 550, KTSA, and FM 1071. 
KTSA News Time is 651. Jack Riccardi on San Antonio's 550 and 1071 KTSA. A couple of housekeeping things to mention here. Going to be in for Sean tomorrow morning between 9 and 11, just those two hours. Uh, and then back here in the afternoon uh, tomorrow. And uh, anytime you miss our show or if this is not the best time for you to be listening to the radio, you can get our show on demand on the Jack Riccardi page at KTSA.com. And a lot of people do that, and I hope you will check that out. And it, it may be that you're able to listen more in the morning or on weekends or when you're walking the dog or working in the garden. I love when people tell us, oh, I took you here and I took you there and you were with me when I did this and did that. So Cause I, apparently I get around. All right. Um, there is um, <laughs> there's a pretty good meme I saw today. Uh, which I wanted to share with you. This is one of those things you you see it and you wish you had thought of it. I'll give you the poll results in a second, but uh, somebody tweeted this. Why is it that we have the names of people who donated to the Freedom Truckers Convoy, but not the names of Ghislaine Maxwell's customers? Ghislaine Maxwell, the sex trafficker with Jeffrey Epstein. That's a really good point. It's interesting the things we get and the things we don't. And we know we live in a time now, I mean, people say it sort of jokingly, but sort of seriously, there's like no privacy, right? Somebody has all the facts. Somebody has all the stuff. The stuff you think you've concealed and the stuff you think you've kept confidential. I don't mean that you've done anything wrong, just things that you prefer to keep private. Eh, Somebody has it. Somebody sees it. Somebody has it. There's... There's a, there's something in your house listening to you. You know, we know that. Smart speakers, our phones, etc. But yeah, very interesting that we don't have the, the Ghislaine Maxwell client list. And I remember when the trial was going on, people said, is Trump on the list? It seems pretty clear that he must not be. Because wouldn't we have that if he was? Is there any possibility? I mean... Is there the slightest possibility that if Donald Trump had ever been with or a client of Epstein and Maxwell, if he's in a little black book or on a database, any possibility that we don't get that? With all the people looking and scrutinizing and trying to find anything and everything, heck, when they couldn't find it, they made it up. Steel dossier, anyone? I guess there's another possibility, which is that maybe he is on the list. But maybe so many powerful people are on that list that they can't afford, much as they would like to wield it against him, they can't afford to have the other names come out. Is that possible? I mean, I don't know. I wonder if there aren't so many names, big names, influential people, that it's created kind of a perfect storm of secrecy, right? It's like the it's like the deep state thing, right? You know, the deep state is Democrats and Republicans. The deep state is uh, made up of so many conflicting agendas that it's, it's almost impenetrable. Maybe Ghislaine Maxwell's little black book is like that. Or, or, or maybe she is the first person in history uh, to be guilty of trafficking sex workers to no one. <laughs> she didn't have, didn't have any customers. 
I don't know. Obviously, we have heard some names, but I wonder. I I feel I, I kind of feel about the Ghislaine Maxwell list like I feel about the the UFO thing. I think the government does know stuff and have stuff. I was just having this discussion with somebody the other day. They've got aliens. They've got flying saucers or spacecraft or remnants of them. Somebody has it somewhere, right? They probably have this too. So, On the uh, JR poll question tonight, we asked you about the Uvalde school uh, surveillance video, which came out last night and is available at KTSA.com. The question was, powered by Stevens Roofing, have you watched it, uh, will you watch it, or are you not going to watch it? 64% say they have watched it. 21% say they will, and 15% say they will not. And I I get it. And I don't have a lot of advice except don't watch it right before bedtime. And do expect your heart rate or blood pressure or frustration to go up. Um, and we'll have more on that tomorrow, of course. And uh, we're going to talk some more about um, the midterms tomorrow uh, as well. Oh, there's a new... Um, remember for a while, there were, uh, what would you call them, climate activists who were going around... This was a thing years ago. Remember climate activists were uh, vandalizing gas-guzzling cars like big SUVs and full-size pickup trucks and stuff like that? You, you don't hear much about that anymore, but now it's starting to happen again. And... Um, they're starting to go after, with vandalism and other forms of damage, sport utility vehicles in Chicago and San Francisco primarily, but it's happening in other communities as well. It's a British climate group called, are you ready for this? The Tire Extinguishers. Get it? And they flatten the tires or slash the tires on SUVs. Isn't that nice? Um, I had two thoughts. One is, have you, have you heard anything? Have you heard about the, the carbon footprint of electric cars? Cause it seems like they would be worthy of tire slashing too. Not that I'm in favor of it for anybody, but I'm just saying if, if carbon footprint is your thing, they need to take a look at those electric cars. And secondly, and secondly, I'd be very careful about vandalizing full size pickup trucks because those are often owned by people that, you know, shall we say, don't call 911. I'll leave it at that. I'll see you back here tomorrow morning at 9 and in the afternoon at 4.